I pray today the Lord will use this word to really bless your life and bless your walk. What God has done for us is so remarkable and so amazing. Isaac Watts wrote a beautiful hymn years ago. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my riches gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. And then he wrote, well, the whole realm of nature mine, that would be a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. Wow, what a precious redemption we have today. What God has done for us, what the Lord has accomplished on Calvary is beyond explanation. Lord, I thank you. Use this wonderful time today. Use this wonderful teaching today to strengthen your people, to bless your people. Thank you for your love and grace. Amen and amen. Romans chapter 5. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 1 through verse 9 because there's so much beauty in this. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet Sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. God created you and created me to enjoy fellowship with him. But sin broke that fellowship. So how could that fellowship now be restored? What did God do? because we are powerless to restore that fellowship we lost with God, because the Bible says in Romans 5, 6, for when we were yet without strength, we had no strength of our own. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So the solution is God loved you, God chose you, Sin had to be paid for because God is holy. So God himself paid the penalty. God himself paid the sum so we could be forgiven of our debt. He paid the debt, not us. His blood had to be shed for our redemption. We are the ones who broke the fellowship with God and God sent his wonderful son, Jesus, God in the flesh, 
died for us on the cross to restore the fellowship we lost with God. Now, when God brought Israel out of bondage, out of slavery, a lamb had to be sacrificed. The Bible says in the Old Testament, Exodus 12, 3. Later, of course, the Lord declared there could be no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. So, since the law insisted that the penalty of sin is death, and that is found, of course, in Ezekiel chapter 18. I'd like you to go with me to that, Ezekiel 18 and verse 4, because we have to understand the holiness of God. He said, Behold, all souls are mine, as the soul of the Father so also the soul of the son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die, because God is holy. Now, God became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the only sinless man that ever lived, had to suffer to save us, died on the cross to bring us back to God. In 1 Peter, and I want to explain that to you because the, the, the beauty of our salvation, once we see it, our love for the Lord will be intensified. And that's my purpose today, to show you what the Lord has done. He creates you for fellowship. He creates me for fellowship. We break the fellowship by our sin. He comes to earth in the flesh, dies on a cross, sheds his blood, to give us back the fellowship we broke with him. So in 1 Peter 3, 18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, our sins, the just for the unjust, the only sinless man that ever lived, Jesus, the Son of God, the just suffered for our sins for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So only through the blood we can, we can have fellowship with the Lord. And not only that, but the Bible tells us that God not only sent his son to die for us, but continually cleanseth us with his blood to keep us in fellowship with him. In 1 John 1, 7, we have this blessed promise, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us presently too from all sin. So not only did God send his Son, who died on a cross and shed his blood, to restore the fellowship we broke, because God created us for fellowship with him, we were created in love, but now the blood to this day, 
still cleanseth us when we fall short. And God restores us to fellowship continually with him. This is great love, precious saint of God. Oh, the love of Jesus. And not only that, but the Bible tells us that God Almighty justified us in Romans 5. He justified us, meaning he declared us righteous. But now you have to understand that God saw the completion of redemption. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I believe God chose us before the foundation of the world, predestined us unto life. The Bible does not teach predetermination. It teaches predestination, meaning we are responsible to follow, to obey the Lord. We have a part to play because God Almighty justified us. But it says something else here. It says by faith. So that is, that's our side of it. By faith is what we have to accept the gift by faith. Therefore being justified. Well, that's what God did, declared us righteous when we believed in him. But now that faith must continue. So the word of God also says we were justified by his blood. By his blood means that's his side of it. He shed his blood and justified us. But now we have to accept that gift of salvation. We have to walk with him in that salvation continually for his blood to cleanse us and for us to see sanctification. Now I'm gonna say something here that's really powerful. Romans three, four and five talk about justification. Romans six and seven talks about sanctification. I've told you that before. Romans 8 talks about glorification. So you and I, when we were saved, we were free from the, from the penalty of sin. But now we grow into righteousness, into righteousness, and so we become free from the power of sin. So when we were forgiven, justified, we were free from the penalty of sin, which was instantaneous. But to be free from the power of sin is a process. We live it day by day by walking with the Lord. And the day will come we will be free from the presence of sin. That's what Romans 8 talks about. When God will glorify the church. Because those whom he called, he will also glorify the Bible says. So, now, what I just gave you here is beautiful because God justified us, his side, by faith, our side. He shed his blood, his side. We accept it, our side. Now, the proof, the proof that 
we are justified. The proof that the blood continually cleanses us today is the resurrection. The Lord's resurrection from the dead. Therefore, our justification is guaranteed. Our cleansing made sure by the resurrection. Let's go to Romans 4.25 for just a moment, and I'm going to explain something to you. Um, But let's read this verse, Romans 4.25. It says, Who was delivered for our offenses was raised again for our justification. So when the Lord died, he left us a legacy, a will, salvation. Now, usually when someone dies, they leave a will, but sometimes that will changes after someone dies. There's no guarantee the will will be fulfilled to his children, grandchildren, because someone can fight that will in court and change it. When Jesus died, he left us a will and rose from the dead to make sure it's fulfilled. Wow. Isn't that glorious? His death gave us the will to say, you're saved. I died for your salvation. You are justified by the blood of the cross. But that justification would not have taken place, no guarantee, without the resurrection. So the Bible says in Romans 4.25, who was delivered for our offenses, he died for our sin, was raised again for our justification. So when the Lord died, he, he left us a legacy, left us a will, salvation. Then he rose from the dead to make sure you and I got it and will continue to live it. So he's in heaven ensuring all the terms of the will and ensuring they'll be carried out. I wrote in my notes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be his holy name. Wow. Romans 5, 8. God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The cross of Jesus is the supreme act of the love of God for you and for me. Because it says, God commends his love towards us, Romans 5, 8. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, Lord. Can we lift our hands and thank him for that blessed grace? We were created for fellowship. We sinned against him and broke the fellowship. He comes to earth in the flesh, in the person of his son Jesus, dies in our place, takes our offense, takes our sin, sheds his blood, offers us restoration and redemption, reconciliation and fellowship. 
He's raised from the dead to guarantee it. What salvation is this? It's amazing grace, truly. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my riches gain I count but loss, and pour contempt on all my pride. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingling down. Yea, did such ever love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Isaac Watt wrote in that beautiful hymn. A man who was guilty, thank you, Lord. A man who was guilty stood one day before a judge who was a friend. That's a true story, by the way. A guilty man stands before a judge, but the judge is the friend of the guilty man. But because the offense was so serious, the judge had to find him, find the friend, with the heaviest of all penalties for the offense. So now he judges him. Now he has to pay a big sum to be free, but the judge comes off the bench, hands his friend who was just judged by him a check and says, go pay. Here's the full payment of the offense you committed. Because I, the judge, had to judge you but because I love you as my friend I'm paying for it because God is holy he had to judge us with the sentence of death because that was the judgment for our sin but at the cross the judge of heaven stepped down from his bench and paid for our debt with his blood. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I'm moved. I'm moved because when I think about it, who am I? Who is my father's house? Who are we? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Written by John Wesley. Amazing love, amazing love. Love that cannot be described. And that's what grace is really all about. The grace of God. So, what should be our response to this? What, what, what could we say to that amazing love, amazing gift of life? Our salvation. Here's what Paul said, Philippians 3, 7 through 9. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dunk that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. I began in the 
beginning of this time with you, talking about Isaac Watt and the beautiful verse he wrote in that hymn I just mentioned. Though the whole realm of nature was mine. In other words, if the whole world was mine, that would be a present far too small. In other words, uh, it doesn't mean anything to God because he created the world. Yet his love is so amazing and so divine. He doesn't want the world, he wants me. Love so amazing, so divine, he demands my life. Thank you, Jesus. He demands my soul, my life, my all. And that's what Paul says. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss, even the whole world, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win the Lord, win Christ, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. He even gives me the faith to accept his blessed gift of salvation. The righteousness which is of God by faith. And then he cries that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death. So how do we respond to a God, a loving Lord, a loving heavenly father, who sends his son to restore our fellowship that we lost, to reconcile us back to himself. That I may know him. That's why you and I were born into this life, not to know our parents, our brothers and sisters, or friends, that I may know him. You and I were born into this world to know one person only, Jesus, and only Jesus and the power of his resurrection. I feel the anointing just talking to you. And the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Thank you, Lord. Forgetting those things which are behind, he said, reaching unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Christian life is all about, precious people of God, precious saints. And today I just wanted to remind you of what God has done for you. But now I pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit will birth in you such love and commitment and loyalty to our Redeemer, undying love, loyal unto the end. I read uh, an article on CBN done by some university in Arizona. They questioned a thousand pastors, evangelical pastors, and 39% said they don't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. 39% of these preachers said, we don't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. 30% of them deny that the, that salvation uh, is by faith, that we accept the gospel. 
uh, 30% also don't believe the Holy Spirit is a person. Now these are pastors, pastors. They don't believe the Bible. They don't believe the scriptures. You know the old song? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. If none go with me, yet will I follow. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. Peter said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life, Lord. No, my brother, no, my sister. This is our life, to carry his cross and follow him, committed completely. Jesus is our life. We have no other life but him. I pray today this has blessed you and encouraged you and strengthened you in the Lord. Lord, a mighty fire, I pray. Build in them a mighty fire of love. No going back into the world. No turning back, never again. Strengthen each one, Lord. Your word declares unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us blameless before him with joy. To the only wise God, be glory forever. Amen and amen. It's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to sow seed in the Lord's blessed gospel because the Lord will prosper those who seek the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteous cause. Righteous causes the gospel. And all these things will be added unto you. Those who love the Lord have no problem with giving their money. Those who don't love him will never give anything to him. And you that love the Lord, you you love to give to his work. Because that's your nature. You like to you want to give to his work. So I'm talking to you, God's wonderful beloved children, that giving is the scripture tells us to give because we love him, we're committed to his cause, and we vote every time we give for the kingdom of God. Every time you and I give, we are placing our vote, and we're declaring with our giving, Lord, I trust you with my financial tomorrow. When the economies of the world may collapse, and they may, I will stand because I've not seen the righteous forsaken or received begging for bread. When I sow my seed, when I cast my bread upon the water, it'll come back. Always blessed and multiplied because that's God's promise. We cannot fail in giving because if we fail in giving, we fail in loving. Because love is giving, and giving is loving. Every time we give, we say, I love you, Lord. 
Every time we give, we say, I worship you, Lord, because that's what our giving does. So let's do it right now. You can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can give by going to our website, <clears throat> benehin.org. You can give by taking your phone and texting. That's the easiest, really. Send a text. BHM45777. So simple to give. And Lord, I pray you'll bless them and prosper them and increase them and protect them. In Jesus' name, everything they'll touch will prosper. Lift your hands and thank God. Everything you will touch will prosper. In Jesus' wonderful name. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades, making the move from analog television to digital broadcasts, HDTV, the internet, streaming live events, and social media. Today's fast-changing, bold new world brings an entirely new set of challenges. What we did in 1974 when this ministry began, or in 2000, or even 2022, will not be effective in 2023, and who knows what 2024 and beyond will bring. Benny Hens Ministry has been at the forefront of each innovation that provides a better way of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world more effectively and efficiently. Today, more than ever before, we stand on the edge of a bold new world. From the beginning, the Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. This is a new hour. This is the Joshua generation. Now I want to tell you something. The first thing God said to Moses is go down. The first thing he said to Joshua is arise. We're not a people who are going down. We are ones who are rising up. Even with controlled temperature storage facilities, time has been the enemy. Tape warping, decay, housing detachments, cracks, shredding, and breakdowns happen. Older tapes break, disintegrate, and require surgical type methods of restoration. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. To God be the glory. A conservative estimate to finish this digitation process is a million dollars to restore the final 30% of these disintegrating tapes and move everything over to a much more permanent digital format. The project, already started, can be completed fairly quickly. Imagine, if you will, what could happen if all of our digitized material could be used to translate everything into every language on Earth. It is possible. Even better, how exciting would it be to translate these materials using the same voice as originally spoken, yet in all of the different dialects around the world? Pastor Benny speaks several languages, but imagine if his teachings became available online with him speaking in Swahili, Mandarin, Portuguese, Belarusian, or Cherokee. This amazing AI tool will be useful around the world. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come until the Lord returns. And with artificial intelligence tools that can translate all of the digitized materials into languages around the world, we can truly fulfill our Lord's great commission. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified 
over and over through every possible means. It's time to finish the job. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all.